And if I had to say like the one biggest mistake I see is one, they don't know what they need the tool to do for them. So they just keep bouncing around. And then number two, they use a project management tool like a task manager. You are listening to Amplify Your Success Podcast, episode 352. And if you have felt overwhelmed trying to grow your business, you're going to get massive value out of today's episode. You ready for this? Let's get started. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who want to shatter their limits and achieve that next level. You're going to find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now, let's get Amplified. Hey there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. It's your host, Melanie Benson, authority amplifier and possibility igniter for expert-based entrepreneurs who want to have more visibility, more impact, and increase their income in the process. Today, I've got a special guest joining us, and we're talking about something that I think is so common. It's so prevalent, and there's a pretty powerful remedy for it, and that's feeling overwhelmed as you're growing your business. And there's some fundamentals that are often missing that contribute to that overwhelm. So stay tuned. You're going to get so much out of today's episode. Now, before we dig in, I absolutely want to address some common barriers holding you back. Look, if you are not out there building your business, you're not visible, you're not getting yourself on stages and shows and podcasts, and you have expertise that you know will solve somebody's problem, you are a best kept secret. And oftentimes when I work with talented entrepreneurs who are like, why am I not getting more opportunities? Why is my revenue not growing? There are some pretty common barriers that get in the way. Sometimes it's mindset. Sometimes there's some, uh, just some consistency issues, but we got to make sure you're solving the right problem. And if you have not yet taken the authority barriers quiz, I highly recommend you pop in there. It'll take you two minutes and discover what is actually in the way of you making more money and more impact as an authority. Let's get that cleared up so you too can be doubling and tripling your revenue while you're making a greater impact. If you head over to melaniebenson.com slash authority quiz, I will link that up in the show notes for you as well. Take you two minutes And you're going to get some massive clarity so you're solving the right problem, taking the right steps, putting the right puzzle pieces together so you can get more traction. Sound good? Okay. Again, head over to melaniebenson.com forward slash authority quiz and we'll get you some clarity. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, Amplifiers. I got to tell you today, you have got a must listen episode and this guest expert breakthrough moments here, breakthrough moments. That's all I got to say. So we're talking about how to understand what's really causing your overwhelm. And my guest today is Melissa Morris. She's the founder of Agency Authority, a project management and operations operations consultancy for agency owners. And she's using her 10 years agency experience to help business owners maximize their team, 
increase their productivity and grow their profits. Now, she's firmly committed to breaking the long hours and bad pay stigma that plagues the agency world. And her team and her, they, she helps business owners and their team members do more of the work they love without sacrificing the client satisfaction that's so important to all of us and their bottom line. So profit, but of course, like their peace of mind. So Melissa, thank you so much for joining me today and bringing attention to this very painful and often stuck energy that even the most successful business owners find themselves in from time to time. Thank you so much for having me on. I can't wait to dig into this. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know, you would not know this because there's nothing in my marketing that refers to this anymore. But when I first started my business in 2000, my specialty was helping people detect their overwhelm triggers. So, yes, yeah, so this is going to be extra fun. Yes, yeah. So, I, of course, you know, we, the lens that you bring, the the strategies you bring to this are super in my heart because I think um, all day long, as I coach my experts and people who are growing their businesses. This is where they kind of get tripped up as they start feeling overwhelmed and they start, they're solving the wrong problem. So I'm super curious, like when you're working with a potential client or you're in deeping, deeply integrated into your client's business or an agency or a, a team approach, how can you tell when overwhelm is actually coming because they don't have the operations in place? That is a very great question. And usually one of the things that is a big red flag for me, and I want to start digging deeper, is when capacity is really starting to be the issue. So they've got momentum in their business, um, you know, and maybe people aren't necessarily, you know, they may not have a wait list yet or such, but they're getting good traction. They've got good sales leads coming in. Um, but what's happening is, is they're feeling capped. And they look and say, well, maybe I should hire somebody else, but then they don't know who to hire or the thought of hiring somebody else feels like more work. Now I've got to train this person and oversee this person. Um, and it's faster to do it myself. It's just faster to do it myself. So if I'm hearing someone saying it's faster to do it myself, um, or I don't know who to hire next, or if I'm hearing them saying things like um, things are slipping through the cracks, I have a proposal I'm supposed to get back to, things are taking too long. This is usually a sign that some ops issues are going on in the agency. So what is the cost that of agency owner or a business owner with lots of people on their team of like, what is the cost of those kinds of problems when they continue for months and months and months? It can really start to equal thousands of dollars a month when you start looking at it. When we're talking about ops and we're looking at maybe not having tightly defined packages, and now we're having a lot of scope creep going on. So when I say scope creep, meaning we're doing things that are outside of the set of deliverables. So now you're doing free work and you're paying team members to do that work. So you're not getting the revenue in to turn around and pay your team members for. So scope creep starts to become a big issue. Projects taking much longer than they actually need to take. And when projects are sitting on your plate, 
and they're stalling out and we're not moving them through, we don't have space for new projects and we don't have space for new sales. We need to be moving our clients through. We need to be moving projects through in a timely fashion. And so when you think about lost projects, you think about time spent doing work that you're not getting paid to do. Those two things alone can really start to add up. And I haven't even layered in when we're spending a bunch of time in email and we're chasing down clients for things we need and we're having a bunch of internal meetings trying to figure out where projects are at and um, how we're tracking. That, again, is just starting to exponentially increase the cost. Yeah, I can see that. You know, it's occurring to me as we're talking that maybe we should unpack the term operations and, and operational mm. issues a little bit more, right? Because like, you know, you and I know what this term means, but like, let's just imagine someone's listening in today and they're an entrepreneur that's just starting to hire multiple VAs or they're even taking that step of hiring multiple employees or uh, as your bio references, maybe somebody is is already owning an agency. They've got multiple team members they're contracting work to. What are operational issues that they should be aware of that might be kind of, well, first of all, sorry, let me back up. What does it mean operational? What does that term mean? Operations is going to be how you carry out the various um, services, um, activities in your business. So that is, I guess, like the most simplest term, but then what can that actually start to look like? That's going to look like things like your workflows, documented SOPs, what tools you're using to run your business. So things like a project management tool, um, something maybe like ClickUp or Asana, a CRM, something like maybe HubSpot or Dubsado, getting those set up well. And then I also like to take that a step further. And we're looking at things like KPIs for your business. So this is where operations continues to lean into either costing you money or saving you money. Like you asked, like, what is the cost by having poor operations? Um, when we're looking at KPIs, we're doing things like time tracking. We're understanding how long it takes a project to move through the agency and, and get across the finish line. Um, so monitoring some of that and understanding where your really profitable packages are and where some that aren't so profitable and the clients that are really profitable and the clients that aren't so profitable is a secondary piece to, I think, maybe what some may even, if they do have an understanding of operations, they're thinking very much like standard operating procedures, write down the SOPs. Yeah. SOPs, standard operating procedures, KPIs, key performance yes. indicators. Want to unpack that one too. <laughs> um, you know, so really like what, what I hear you saying is the operations is like the infrastructure of how the yes. business runs. Um, and the this is like, this is the fuel of the business. This is how you make sure the right things get done in the right order that deliver the right results. Is that a good way to That's say it? Is a great way to say it. Yes. <laughs> so now let's go to step two uh, or, or conversation part B. Uh, and that is what kinds of operational issues? So you mentioned a lot of different things there. These are all things that are happening in your business, whether you're conscious to them or not. What could go awry there that actually leads to overwhelm and maybe even feeling so burned out you're questioning whether or not this model is right for you. Yeah, so I'm sorry, what did you say? What was the first part of that question? <laughs> first part of that question. Uh 
what are the operational issues that commonly cause that deep overwhelm? Yes. Okay. So a lot of times it is workflows. So not a clear understanding of what is supposed to happen when and milestones in those workflows. So milestones will be moments like client approval, an internal review, um, a, a design moment, a copy moment, when something's passing from one team to member to another or to a client and back. Um, when that is not clearly defined, again, that's when scope creep can come in. It's difficult to understand how many projects you can manage at a single time. And so getting those workflows in place is often like a great first step towards getting operations back on track. Because when it's not, that means the business owner is running behind checking everything. And they're asking the designer if this is ready. They're checking in their email to see if this has been done. They're lying awake at night thinking, did we get that finished? Um, did I hear back from that client? I can't remember where we left off with that. And they're spending so much time like chasing down all these little things that they can't actually concentrate on running the agency. And then it feels like a losing battle. Um, they mm -hmm find a gap, they start leaning in. Sometimes they do recognize some operations or some standard operating procedures and things can start being put in place. But often I'll hear they're like, I'm just always six months behind on that. I'll start, we get movement on it, and then things change, things move. I never seem to get back to it. And then they just always feel like, you know, one step forward, two steps back. And then at that point, it does start to say, well, hiring feels like it's not going to work. I can't get like operations in hand. I can't increase my capacity because I don't have the help and I'm not making the amount of money I want to be making. What next? I kind of feel like that's the key indicator right there, right? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not making enough money. Uh, and uh, the other thing I heard you say, like the way I've often heard the term used is you become a bottleneck. Mm -hmm. Like nothing can get done if you are not doing it or you're not touching it in some way. and like I would imagine, like that's where you really stunt your own growth capacity. That's exactly right. Because eventually you just do run out of hours in a day. Um, mm -hmm. You just can't hustle more. You just can't work faster. <laughs> there's there's just no more hours in a day. And then I hear the agency owner say, like, well, I need to replicate myself and I, and I can't. And then sometimes their thought is to, well, I'll just start documenting what I do and I'll start writing these SOPs. And then that's right here. They're like, but I can never actually get it done or I get something together and then it changes. And the truth is, is you often can't just write down step by step because you're bringing in a str strategic mindset to it. Um, there are things you know about that client that aren't documented anywhere else. There's often other pieces to that puzzle than simply documenting, I click here, I click here, I click here to execute a task. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the relationship between the way someone manages the operations in their business and how profitable they can be. Because I think what you were just talking about is like, you know, where it affects the bottom line. I think we get that. But I'm curious like, if you have a case study or maybe some kind of um, like example of where you've seen somebody address their operations and it actually improves their bottom line. Oh, many of my clients actually have their best years in business after our work together. I am thinking of a client right now. She just got back from a trip to France. She was gone for combined. She, she had a 
like a work retreat thing she did. And then she went on vacation. She was out of her business for almost three weeks. Everything was fine. And she's had her best year yet. Last year was an amazing year. And she obviously is brilliant at what she does and has an amazing team. But she has also commented that part of the reason she was able to have so much financial success, take that time off is because of the work we've done together to get these processes in place and get some tools set up for her. Mm, I love that. So can we unpack that a little bit more? I mean, I know we don't have to give away all your secret sauce and there's probably a lot of complex pieces of the puzzle that you dig in, but I'd love to get like a visual or some kind of a sense of like, what steps should we be taking that you successfully see people like address the overwhelm? A big one is a proper tool in the business. And this is usually going to be a project management tool because when these are set up properly, that means you are actually able to understand what is going on with all of the projects by maybe looking at a quick dashboard or very quickly um, popping in to say ClickUp and saying, show me what team member X is working on and show me what team member Y is working on. Um, That alone can start to save you so much time because again, you're not shooting them a message in Slack. You're not going into their email. You're not, you know, pinging them, right? You're not chasing them down for this information. So that alone can oftentimes really start to create some time savings. And then the second thing that you really need to start looking at is creating standardization. You need to start getting standardization among your service offerings, the packages, how they're going to be delivered, and how do I know I have delivered it successfully? Not only does this improve your client experience, because your client has so much clarity now on what they're getting, what the transformation is, and what's about to happen for them, but that's also how you start to replicate yourself. That's how you get a team member who can execute on the package, and you know what's being done, how you want it done. They know what the expectation is. And then everybody starts winning. So I say, like, if we can start getting you in a tool and then start really working to stand, create standardization and streamlining among your offerings, those things will take you very far. Mm. I'm so glad you brought up the project management software because I, I tell every one of my clients, you need a way to manage all the moving parts without trying to keep it in your head. And it's amazing the resistance people have to using tools like this. But to me, I, I, I would like, I would implode if we didn't have some project management tools. Yeah. Am I I a geek that way? Like, am I really just like a techie geek that I love software like that? Or do you see that that's maybe a mindset shift that creative, um, like kind of more like I want to be in the moment people have to make to really address the overwhelm of running a high performance business? I think when it comes to these project management tools, they're starting to feel a a great sense of frustration and it starts to feel like more work than it's worth. And Mm -hmm. there are very specific reasons why, because a lot of times, first, they don't know what tool to pick. And so they grab whatever some what they heard on a on a podcast <laughs> or <laughs> what their friend is doing or whatever and they think they're going to you know just start implementing that in their business or they task somebody on their team who's really not equipped to make that decision and try and build out those processes with setting up a project management tool and then mm-hmm. it's not getting set up properly and they're frustrated um, they feel overwhelmed they abandon it and then they go and find something else 
And then they hang out in that for a little bit. And it's just kind of like rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And if I had to say like the one biggest mistake I see is one, they don't know what they need the tool to do for them. So they just keep bouncing around. And then number two, they use a project management tool, like a task manager. So in other words, everybody is just dumping all of their to-dos in Asana and there's no hierarchy, there's no game plan in place, and that doesn't do anybody any good. Like, you might as well just show me your sheet of paper where you've written down your to-dos for the day. Like, that doesn't help me. I can't manipulate data like that. I can't do anything with it. So, and then again, they're frustrated. They're like, great, well, now I've got all these to-dos in here that are past due, and then now I just start writing them down again, and I gave up. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds very familiar. <laughs> and and you've mentioned a couple project management tools already. You mentioned ClickUp. You mentioned Asana. We use something called Podio. And people are like, should I use your tool? I'm like, no, it's really, really like a very robust system that most people don't really need unless you're running a multiple six and seven figure business. But like, how does, I mean, I know ideally someone would use a team member like yourself whose specialty is project management and organization, but like, what are the steps somebody should take to really identify the right project management tool for their business? The first step is going to be writing down your workflows, because what that's going to do is that's going to start to bring to the surface, what are the important things you need to know about a project? Do I need to know what's stuck in a meeting with the client? Do I need to know what's due this week and next week? Do I need to know what's up for internal review for me? Um, and when you're looking at the phases of your workflow, maybe there's a design phase, maybe there's a copywriting phase. You need to really understand that first because then you can set the tool up so that it can spit that information out to you. So for example, in ClickUp, without getting too techy, like you could use a status to tell me what's waiting on client for this particular project. So then I can go into ClickUp and I can tell ClickUp, show me every task in here that says waiting on client and deliver it to me. And in a matter of seconds, there it is. And you know everything that's outstanding with the client or everything that is on hold, everything that is up for the agency owner's review. So you can see how this can start to be useful, not only for batching your work, which is a big time saving, understand where projects are, and understanding just what I need to get done today and what's high priority and what's not high priority without checking my email and checking my notebook and checking my post-it note, right? That is pure gold right there. And if you are listening in and you got distracted for a moment, please rewind and listen to that last three sentences again, because your ability to prioritize and stay focused on what has to be done first doesn't have to be in your head. Using tools is what liberates you from the overwhelm, but you need to have the right tool programmed so that it can perform for you. So I just want to make sure you read that really landed for you as you're listening in today, because when I talk to overwhelmed entrepreneurs all the time, Melissa, this is what it's always about. They don't know what their priorities are and they don't really know what to do next and they don't have a way to manage that for themselves. Yeah, they're just living in reactive mode and you can't mm -hmm. scale, you can't build a team, you can't increase your profits when you're just reacting to the things that are coming at you. You need to be getting proactive. 
Yeah. Well said. You know, as we're talking, like I know that you have a specialty area here and I want to hear more about that, but I'm kind of curious, like if somebody's recognizing that the idea of creating a project management software and documenting their workflows is so outside their wheelhouse. And they're like, I just want to hire somebody. Uh, you, you are somebody that could potentially do that for them. What's the difference between what you do and what like most of us are aware of as like an OBM, an online business manager? How do we know when to use you versus like an OBM? Definitely a level of experience and the breadth of experience is going to be a big one. So a lot of times, not every time, but a lot of times OBMs, um, I mean, online business managers. So we think of like a business manager when we relate that to a brick and mortar. And they often have a lot of experience with administrative tasks, um, invoicing, but they do have more experience than maybe what we would say a virtual assistant has. But where they often don't have experience is in the creation of a project management tool. Like I said, understanding the hierarchy, understanding the workflow. Um, what they often also don't have experience in is managing the team and managing team communication internally, managing um, the communication with the clients and setting some really solid expectations there. Um, they don't have that experience oftentimes with the, the time tracking, the profitability, and, and the digging into streamlining and, um, you know, creating those standards for, for uh, the service offerings for the agency. So it is actually not uncommon for me and my team to get brought in after someone internally on the team. As I mentioned, you know, sometimes they this gets dropped on somebody who's just not equipped to take it all the way across the finish line. And so it's not uncommon for us to be working with an agency owner and maybe, you know, someone who's kind of been their right hand for a while or who is like an OBM type of role. And they've really gotten things as far as they can, though. And, and now there's there's a need for that higher level of support. Hmm. Yeah, totally get that. Um, I want to just talk about bottlenecks a little bit more um, because as you're talking, I just like this whole vision of where we get in our own way keeps coming up for me. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I believe in my experience, 22 years in, in this business and 35 years in corporate total, or not 35 years in corporate, but 35 years total in, in business. Um, we oftentimes can't see where we're in our own way because it's like that horrible boiled frog analogy, right? Like we kind of been simmering in this problem for so long, we don't realize we could be doing something different. Mm -hmm. How can you help somebody uncover and identify the bottlenecks that are really keeping them in overwhelm? Yeah, it's like a forest of the trees thing, I think too. Like sometimes they're in it so much and they know the things so well that they just have a hard time seeing a different way or looking at it with a different perspective and, and those ahas. So we spend a lot of time um, with questions like I'm often digging into the person's business and I joke that my favorite question is why? Like, why are we doing that? Um, and maybe that's a little bit of a rebel in me. I want to, you know, challenge your status quo there in your business, in your agency. And it's not uncommon for me to ask, okay, why are we doing it that way? And them to say, hmm, I don't really know. I don't really know why we're doing it, why we're doing it that way. And it's often because they started as a solopreneur and they were just going and going. And then a team member came on and then another team member came on and then another team member came on. And 
you haven't up-leveled, right? You haven't up-leveled your systems. You haven't up-leveled your offers, um, or maybe your clients are starting to up-level, or you know you need to start up-leveling clients. Making that transition requires a, a deep dive on what things mm -hmm. currently look like. And so we look at things like your offers. We look at things like your clients. And you know, we look at how the team fits on the, you know, each seat in the bus, right? Isn't the, the bus analogy, right? Um, so yeah, it's just really digging into the parts of your business and understanding where there's opportunities for streamlining. Hmm. And my guess is one of the best ways to get that, that clarity would be to book a call with you. Yes. Like, and yes. how you know if somebody wanted to find out more about how you can help them and if you're the right um support system for them at this stage of their business where would they go and what would that look like for them yeah if you went to youragencyauthority.com/call that would be a great place to start connecting with me and you know a lot of times we can start sussing out right there on a complimentary call some things that I may see, I could start already identifying some red flags and we can start figuring out like, are your bottlenecks due to operations? And maybe even more specifically, what operational type problems? Is it a lack of tools? Is it a lack of standards? Um, are the offers not, not quite right? Um, so that would be a great first step. Mm. Yeah. And really just identifying what are those bottlenecks that are in your um, blind spot and what steps can you take right now can be so relieving. <laughs> Trust yeah. me, I've had those moments where it's like, oh, someone else is holding the organizational <laughs> container now. And now I don't have to figure it all out. What a relief. I can go back and focus on my superpowers that are going to expand the reach and success of my business. And I know someone else is going to hold that organizational space. And now things are going to run smoother. Yes, it's such a gift exactly to be able to have right. that. So if you are knowing that you're done with the overwhelm in your business and you're ready to have more peace, more profitability, more expansion without feeling like it's so complicated, I highly recommend that you talk with Melissa. Go to youragencyauthority.com forward slash call. Get clear on what those bottlenecks are and, you know. You, you got it. You, I find that having the right support people in your in your business, whether it's from a consulting place or from it's an execution place is life changing. So I hope you take advantage of that with Michelle. I'm sorry, not Michelle. <laughs> I was thinking of my person <laughs> whose name is Michelle <laughs> with Melissa. Um, so Melissa, I always love asking my guests some fun questions just so we can get to know you a little bit more, uh, the person behind this amazing superpower that you have. Uh, I know that being successful in business often requires a bold action. What would you say is the boldest thing you ever had to do that ended up amplifying the success of your business today? You know, I don't know if it's going to make me sound not very bold, but my bold <laughs> <laughs> was hiring. Um, and I think it was a moment where I had to practice what I preach um, in terms of making sure my offers were getting standardized and my team knew what was going on and there was clarity there. And I thought, oh, no. Right. Because as I'm putting this together, are there going to be gaps? Are there going to be mistakes? Are there going to be problems? And the answer is yes. Like those little things are going to come up and going to happen. But it felt very scary. I guess maybe it's like 
the web designer designing their own website. It felt just like kind of a very vulnerable time. And I, I just kind of had to go for it though. Yeah. I love that. And I actually think that is bold. I mean, it's bold oh to invest money in other people to grow your business. Yes. And, you know, it's true. Uh, my other podcast, we were just talking about that uh, with my co-host, Sam Riley. Like we were just talking about like that elevating your business means you've got to spend some time getting the operations to to uh, be a smooth flowing um, system. What is one thing you wish you would have done sooner? Oh, community. Um, oh, interesting. Yes. Okay. Do tell. tell what yes. would have happened for you? So I, I don't think it's a secret that, you know, entrepreneurship can feel lonely, especially when people are just starting out. And I, I really shied away from like group programs. I had done some private coaching, um, you know, bought the courses kind of deal. And I don't know why, but something about like the group dynamic felt to me like that's not going to be like, I just want someone to tell me the direct answer. But I joined a group program and was in it for two years and the power of that community and those other smart women and the relationships that came from that has benefited, benefited my business in ways that I just like, I can't even put a number to. Um, so if someone had told me like, oh my gosh, get in a community of other smart, capable business owners, someone should have just told me that a long time ago because it was definitely a game changer. I love that. So can I just go a little deeper with that one? Because um, I agree. Like to me, the collaborative energy that emerges when you're in the right community is it's like where 90% of my profits originally came from. Like, and not only that, but like the um, camaraderie and the clarity that emerges when you're like in that rising tide is huge. Like when you say community, do you mean uh, just like going to events, do you mean like joining a mastermind or like getting involved in like a paid membership or is it all of it? I'm just kind of curious what that looked like for you. What it looked like for me was a group coaching program um, mm -hmm. and there was a mastermind component to it mm -hmm. though. And there was a lot of like, and it was a very good group where there was a Facebook group and there was lots of conversation and you know, I really did put an effort to to really connect with the people in that. I was scheduling a lot of individual calls with people from the group to learn more about them, to share what I do, see how we could support each other, um, and just really trying to show up and and give value when I could. So for me, it looked like a group program that had this mastermind component. Um, I could see how it looked like, you know, potentially working for somebody locally if they're just getting very involved with um you know, a local group of entrepreneurs or a mastermind of sorts. But I think there was just so much value in being with other people who were in the same place as business as I was, feeling the strain, same struggles. Um, some, I would say, were in different stages of life, which was actually kind of nice um, to, to see. But um, it was just so powerful. So I would encourage anybody. It's It's lonely being an entrepreneur. And we work from home sometimes, and you're just kind of like in your bubble. And when you can connect with other people, it's really powerful. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I, 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 I'm a huge fan. <laughs> so Melissa, thank you. This is such an enlightening conversation today. And, um, I just am so grateful for the work you do in the world, because obviously you have a superpower that so many of us creative entrepreneurs really need. And 
and our businesses can be transformed because you show up and do what you do in the world. So thank you. Oh, thank you. I enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com and I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market. Plus, we're going to keep this conversation going and I want to hear from you how you're going to amplify your authority and make a greater impact. Before you go, please take a minute to give our show and our guests some love over on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your full name and I'll spotlight you and your authority on social media.